Hello and welcome inside the Midlife Pilot Podcast, episode number 17, all about how we use ForeFlight. And uh, this is a podcast kind of built and designed around people like us and your midlife learning to fly or just enjoying general aviation in uh, the, the middle of your life. And uh, that's what we do here. Um, my name is Chris Moran. I have a YouTube channel called, conveniently, The Midlife Pilot. Um, and my co-host is Brian Siskind, who has a YouTube channel called Brian Siskin. <laughs> uh, he is uh, also a private pilot in the, he's based around the greater Nashville area. So uh, we're glad you're here. Hi, Brian. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm talking to them. We're glad they're here. And then you're here as well. Yeah. Usually you introduce me as uh, being, you make it sound like I'm sitting right on music row somewhere, you know, like I'm in a studio on music row, which by the way, I don't know. That's if how I like music row is basically airbnbs now it's it's uh it's not what it used to be but um but anyway yeah how's it going good to see everybody all the mics all the aviators all the everybody and um yeah so it looks like you're having some bad weather there so that's good you're not flying don't fly in bad weather Mm -hmm. yeah for sure we uh we have assembled a a crowd as usual in our uh, chat room for those of you listening on the audio version of the podcast we record this show every other wednesday night at 8 p.m eastern um, live on YouTube. Uh, so you can check it out at our YouTube channel, um, youtube.com slash the midlife pilot. Uh, it's actually just youtube.com slash midlife pilot. Um, I don't know what happens if you put the, it's probably not going to work, but, um, so, uh, you can check that out and join us in the chat. We love to hear from people while we're, uh, while we're recording these episodes. So I, I really am excited really enjoyed, about tonight's I just want to inter interrupt. I wanted to say before we move on, I really enjoyed your 150 video. Um, you jumping in a 150, having never flown one, you flew it around and you landed and you did not, uh, have any incidents or accidents. So that was fantastic. I hope you, I hope you had fun well, thank you. doing it. I did. And a lot of folks do not know that that is what they're going to see on Saturday because as a patron, oh, you know about it. the whole thing. So no, see, I like it. It's a teaser. That's why you gotta be a patron. It's a teaser. Exactly. Exactly. If you would like to know what he's talking about, you can also check out patreon.com slash midlife pilot uh, and uh, subscribe to my Patreon and uh, you will already get to see uh, what he's talking about. Yes. No, I have been flying um, a Cessna 150 that we've added to our flying club. In fact, uh, Stinky Weasel One is in the chat room tonight. He is one of the owners of that airplane. Oh, nice. Um, it is it is uh, immeasurably fun. Uh, we'll talk a lot about this as like in future uh, future episodes. But I, it has become, it has taken over my current spot as my favorite plane that I fly, and I love it. It's uh, yeah for a lot of reasons, which we'll talk about in other episodes. But it is it's it's a lot of fun. Have you been able to fly with one other human in it yet? Yeah, no, and uh, it'll have to be a very select other human uh, <laughs> when I do do that because it's uh, tight quarters. Yeah, um, but it it's a great solo machine though. Like I've been experimenting with how I want to like lay things out and like cameras and like iPads and stuff, you know, and uh, 
I, I, I've received a gift from, I don't know if I'll say that publicly, but uh, Brian got me this uh, pivot case system for my iPad, um, which is super cool. And I got a mount, a suction cup mount to go with it for, for the airplanes that I fly. The only one that doesn't really work super well for space purposes is actually the 150. What I found, and you'll see in a second uh, 150 video later, I'm using the co-pilot's yoke mount. So like it faces me from the co-pilot above the co-pilot and it's perfect. Like in that plane, there's just not enough physical real estate on the left hand, like window area to like put it up, you know? Yeah. Um, I've used it in the other ones. It works great. Like the 172, it's like, it's absolutely perfect over there. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm glad that worked out. I mean, I just, it all stemmed from uh well, one, you were nice enough to put us all up in a beach house uh, for the midlife pilot fly in. So I thought, uh, that would be a gift to kind of reciprocate for some of that, which it barely does. You probably spent that on gas, just taking us back and forth to the airport. But, um, <laughs> but then also, um, it, when I saw your Newport news video and you were trying to size up a lot of, th- you, I just noticed you had to have your head down a lot. And I thought, you know what, I've been enjoying the, we're not sponsored by a pivot case, but, uh, we should be. And, um, I have just, it has changed the game for me. I love uh, not having any weight or counterweight or anything on the yoke mm-hmm. and just being, you know, controls really actually kind of feel free and not like I'm going to hit stuff and uh, and having it up at eye level. So I'm, I'm more inside outside and my scans can kind of be more uh, panoramic in that way. And so, uh, and then the case is super well made. So anyway, I uh, highly recommend Um Actually, no, we'll find out if we get an endorsement or not. And if we do, then we get so much of a promo code, then I highly recommend. (laughs) There you go. I did actually mention it in the first 150 video. I did use it. I don't know if you noticed it or if you watched the full length, but I had it up in the, up in the windscreen and Mm -hmm. immediately on when I rotated and took off, I had immediate regrets about its location. I was (laughs) like. Yeah, this is not going to work well for me because I, I felt like I literally to my left could see nothing. I was like, yeah. I don't know what's there could be. There's a you could be a human there, and I so I messed with it some in flight and played with it a little bit, but I ultimately mm. found that it worked great on the yoke on the other side. I appreciated so. you uh, deducing that you shouldn't stick it on the window that opens. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Well, this is going to be fun tonight. Uh, the uh, four flight uh, talking about four flight is actually one of my favorite topics um it's done well historically people everybody i talk to seems interested you know it's one of those things that like uh i don't know there's just a lot of interest about about it as a as a tool uh i think part of it is because it's so um there's so many layers it's like a giant onion and there's like even i feel like i i'm pretty like i'm not like I've not done any instrument stuff yet, so I'm not like super deep into all of the stuff. But like as a VFR user, I feel like I use just about every. I touch just about every element of it, like from flight planning on to other stuff. But um, what do we think? How you want to? How do you want to like crack into this thing tonight? Like, what's the best approach here to kind of kind of talk about stuff? Well, I, mean, I think you're setting it up nice. By the way, your your probably most popular video is your four flight video, right? So how does that make it you is. feel when you you go to all this effort to? you know, record all these flights and, and all these other adventures and all this. And then the video that just kills it is you, uh, sitting down and just talking about four flights. Obviously it's something that people want to, to hear about. I did like your four flight video because it, it was just the right amount of here's how you do basic things. Uh, and just here's how you do some cross country planning and, and 
it wasn't uh, too deep, but it wasn't so shallow that it was kind of useless. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and I'm sure that, uh, you know, I know we've got some Garmin people and other, you know, things, you know, so sorry, we're just not going to talk about that, but, but, uh, <laughs> no, cause I don't know anything about it. I guess, yeah, I really don't, but, um, but there might be some principles or some things that, that overlap. So hopefully it's not totally alienating people, but, but that is your most successful video. And I, and I, I, it is something I've, I've always, uh, you know, wanted to kind of go a, a little bit deeper on, but maybe not in the ways that are about, there's a million, like go to Forflight if you want to learn how to do all the things we're not here That's to right. teach people things or, or whatever. Um, and we're definitely not instructors either. Um, but we, uh, did sleep at a holiday Inn express last night. No, but, um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, but I think that we've got some, maybe some insights and it's more about like with, with a product like that, that's so full featured, there's just different ways to do the same things. And there's maybe some, uh, slightly hidden, really valuable, um, things that maybe you just weren't aware of. And there are sort of little nuggets you can kind of uncover. So maybe we'll, we'll consider this a success if anybody walks away, uh, feeling like they got something new out of it that they just didn't know without, uh, without us being painstakingly instructive. Yeah, that's fair. And we're going to do our best uh, while we're recording this audio podcast to be mindful of the audio audience. Although for those of you um, watching this live as we record it or later on YouTube, uh, the video, if you're listening to the podcast and you want to check it out again with video, you know, it's on the YouTube channel. So you'll be able to kind of see some of the stuff. We're going to show an iPad screen here as we talk through some of this. So those of you who are listening, if you want to check out some of the video content later, um, you can do that. So, uh, yeah. So what are, so I guess, so, uh, what are, what, okay. When did you start using for flight? Like in your, like in your pilot journey? That's a good question. So, um, and I believe you started using it, you know, uh, five years before you even had your first lesson or something. (laughs) Pretty uh, much. (laughs) Um, I started using it right. Um, when I was, when I knew that I was going to be soloing fairly soon, I didn't use it for probably the, I soloed at 25 hours. So it was probably maybe at about 18 or 19 hours that I started, uh, looking at that. Cause I just thought, well, once I'm up here by myself, I'd like to have all the tools that I can possibly have. Right. Um, so that was about then. I started, um, before my first lesson and I used it from lesson one on mainly because, well, several reasons. I had an instructor who was, um, on board with that idea and thought it was good. I thought it was a good idea. Really for me, the biggest factor that got me even started in it was ADSB traffic. Like I just really like that extra layer of like awareness of, um, you know, other airplanes and whatnot. So that was really, that was kind of the first, like really all I did the first few was like, I had them, I had the chart open with the traffic overlay on it and like would watch our position on the map and see other planes. Like, cause you know, those first few lessons, like it's all you can do to like keep the airplane in the sky, let alone like mess around with this. So it was just like on my yoke, like a map all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of like a chart and like traffic for me in the earliest, in the earliest of days. Well, let me ask you this. When did you uh, start using it for checklists? Also pretty early. That's a good point because that was easy for me. Like I love that. I'm not having to get out other like pieces of paper and other stuff just to have everything there. And I use it from scratch pads early too, for like writing down the weather. Like I don't, 
I probably had my first couple lessons where I actually wrote on paper. Um, and then we stopped that nonsense, like pretty much right away. And I, I've only recently added like in the last year or maybe six months, an Apple pencil to the mix. And I didn't think I was going to be a huge factor, but it really does make writing a lot easier. So I added that to the mix and I use that to write all my stuff down. Um, I, that I, really never, became a big deal. Yeah. I never, I never, um, there was a period of time, a little bit where I used it for checklists. I've never used it for scratch pads. I've always just felt better writing things on paper for whatever reason. Um, I did use it for checklists for a while. I just like how they're customizable. Um, so maybe that's one thing that we can kind of break off right away for people is that if you do consider wanting to use uh, checklists in ForeFlight, they're, they're highly, highly customizable. And so it'll start you off with a, a baseline checklist that works for that model that covers all the things that really need to be covered. Um, but even further than that, there were just a lot of little things. Like when I was training, I I would do things like um, nearly forget to or just about forget to make the radio call at a non-towered airport to, <laughs> to get on the wrong way. Like I just, when you're saturated, you know? So I had, you know, I added just kind of, Anytime I forgot something that I just felt like wasn't really a checklist thing, I just started adding it to checklists uh, in the custom manner so that I wouldn't forget. Another one that was uh, a good thing for me to put on there was um, uh, to start the cameras because there yeah, was a few times. Have you ever done this, Chris? Where you? Oh you, yeah, yeah. You get so this. What I'm that's what I'm showing now. This is actually early. I made this very early on. I had a whole pre-flight section called technology. It was cameras uh, recording, camera audio feed, power source, um, connect my audio from my iPad to my headset, and check our Stratics calibration. Like this was all stuff that I added um, to Five Two Lima's checklist very early on because I was forgetting those things pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. There's nothing worse than starting up the plane and you really actually wanted to film some stuff and you just realize I'm not turning off the plane to go start the cameras. And I know there's like a GoPro remote app or whatever, but I just, it's so clumsy and I've got so many cameras. It's useless. For me, I didn't want to start the plane and be like, now I got to do this other stuff on billable time. Like I wanted this stuff done yeah. like before the Hobbs meter was running. So that's why I put it in like the pre pre checklist. Cause I didn't want to mess with it once the menu was running or the meter there was you running. Go. So you can, you can save some money with these checklists, but I just think it's really neat how, um, because the, the way that you add the checklist items also is kind of unique. You can add different types of checklist items, uh, how do I explain it? It's sort of like the, if they, if they're a special, you can have the checklist item. And then if you want to have some contextual text that surrounds whatever that item is, you can add that sort of uh, extra kind of copy or text around it to kind of guide whether that checklist item is complete or not, or right. if there's minimums or maximums or, you know, uh, various things. So it's, that's a really, really cool thing. I'm actually probably going to start, getting back into, to that. I just, um, I think that for me, I, I, um, I don't know. I just kind of, wherever I left off after check ride, I just kept doing, <laughs> doing like whatever I was doing at that point. And so I had kind of, um, I had a few incidents in training where, um, I had some like, you know, water and one of the vents came and spilled all over me and everything. And 
uh, I just had a few things where I was like, man, this iPad could go at any second. I got to make sure. I mean, do you, I'm sure you have a backup checklist with you or like one oh, yeah. that comes with, comes with the plane oh, yeah. or whatever. So keep that in mind, right? Like for flight, we should never be your only thing. For sure. Yeah, no, for sure. I'll show you something else. Uh, are we just going to jump around here and talk about some of our favorite things? Is that kind of no, what we're going to be highly organized? Yeah, that's just because that's us. You know, I'll show you a place <laughs> I've been spending more time than usual uh, lately in four flight, and that's in the aircraft section because, you know, we've added another plane to the club now. So I had to add the 150. And every time I do this, I end up spending time kind of with my other airplanes that I fly that are in this list to kind of go through and clean some stuff up. But if you yeah. haven't spent much time in the air airplanes section, there is a lot in here um, that you can do that'll really make for flight even more powerful for you um especially on your cross-country planning so i always tell people it's if you haven't done it it is very important that you fill out the information on your aircraft in here that you're using as much as you can find like your glide performance so that your glide advisor ring is accurate you know um that it'll show you in your map where you could glide to in the event of an engine failure um your weights like i use it for weight and balance it's important to make sure you have the latest weight and balance data for your uh, airplanes and they're, they're correct. Like check them against the paperwork and like, you know, I, like I always, the first few I do, I do them on paper and for flight until I'm sure that I can trust, you know, what I've put in here. And then I go mm -hmm. exclusively by that at that point. Um, but also here's the big one. I don't think a lot of people really dig super deep into the performance profiles. Um, mm -hmm. So this is a bad example. This is the new 150, but I'll show you like 5.2 Lima and 1.5.2. I have 10 performance profiles that I've built for 5.2 Lima, and they're all different altitudes and different power settings based on the cruise performance charts that you can find in your POH, right? So you specify... Um, we won't go super deep in the weeds. Like you say, this isn't a training event, but basically inside each of these performance profiles, you specify your climb, uh, true airspeed, um, how much fuel you burn per hour in the climb and what your climb rate will be for that distance. So you got to get a little creative sometimes when you're building these for like the higher altitudes, right? So like, you know, in your table, it'll show you like what your climb performance is and, is it really that the whole way through? You know, you know your airplane, so you kind of have to, and these, you tweak these over time, which is what I have done in 5.2 Lima. I've compared like actual performance versus what I had planned, and I've slowly adjusted these profiles until I can pretty much count on these now to be accurate. But then you put in your cruise airspeed and your cruise gallons per hour, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, you fill out these things, and then when you're flight planning, you pick the appropriate profile for the altitude of your flight plan and it really you can get these things dialed in to where you can really really um get your fuel planning down to a science yeah um, super helpful so if you haven't spent much time in the aircraft section I, I think that's one that like people like throw their plane in the first time and they put its colors and like you know blah blah blah, and then just yep. that's the only thing you do but there is, well, is a nine to one call it a day Exactly. But there is immense power in the like aircraft section of four flights. So if you haven't spent any time in there, I'd encourage you to do that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good stuff. I, I haven't done that, but it's also, I think the difference between owning an airplane and, uh, you know, periodically accessing one that somebody else owns and allows me to fly for some crazy reason. But I do, I do have a little bit of that going. Um, uh, so, what yeah do, now like which plan level of four flight are you on it's a good question and that might be I a first have, thing to talk about 
I have the yes, we should we should address that. I have the Pro Plus USA. That is not the big one. The big one is the Performance Plus. Uh, so I have the Pro Plus plan, and I've been happy with that. I you know I the only reason I did it. Um, actually there were two and I can't even remember the second one right now. The one that is, it's silly because I haven't done any instrument stuff yet, but I wanted geo referenced plates. Like I wanted to be able to drop the, like even the, even the actual official FAA airport diagrams, but like approach plates, like over the map and have them geo reference my position. Like, and that's not available in the plan that I was on. Oh, uh, you see, so are you talking about like when you're on the ground, just being able to see you taxing? Well, I mean, I can see me taxing on, okay. I can, it, without the pro plus, you can see yourself on the ground taxing with like, at, with like this level of D like this map that comes based uh-huh. in four flight, oh, but not the plate, but you can't see yourself taxing around on the actual airport diagram. So like, um, Oh, 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 got it. So got I, it. I can pull up the actual FAA airport diagram like this. And beyond yes. it, like on the ground, but it wasn't so much the airport diagrams. It was like approach plates. Like I wanted mm-hmm. those to be able to be geo referenced in flight. There was one other feature and I can't remember what it was. And it's been a long time since I switched to this plan, but there were really only two that I felt like I was missing that I just felt like I had to have. I'm on uh, performance plus bro. Oh, so you have the big one. Yeah. So you get, in addition to what I have, you get 3D view, which I've, I've really just never, not, I just, I don't know. Um, Diatus, the new digital ATIS, um, takeoff and landing calculations, advanced flight, flight planning, whatever that includes, and trip assistant. Mm-hmm. So I will say that the, um, I can see how the 3D view thing is not, you know, I can see how that's just like a whatever, but I will tell you, I have found it to be extremely valuable. And maybe it's um, more about the stage where I am. I have 176 hours now, but who's counting? And um, I, I don't know, just, I'm, I'm still, I'm totally fine going to all kinds of airports and new airports and whatever. And I do it all the time and I'm getting better and better and better and more comfortable at sort of, getting into new airports, but depending on what it is and depending on what the terrain is or, or whatever, uh, or just the situation, uh, like for instance, when I flew to the midlife pilot fly in, um, I made that whole flight plan and then I can sit there and watch the whole flight in perfect three dimensional, exactly how it's going to look to me. So I could see exactly where, when it, you know, the, the spot where I chose to go over the mountains, where is, how does this really going to look? Mm-hmm. when I'm actually there. Um, also the 3d view of the airports thing is really cool too, because it will blend. Um, so I can be looking, I can be looking, I can choose any airport and then look at the 3d view of that airport and choose what altitude. So I can kind of get a sense of here's what the, it's going to look like when I get there at this altitude, which is hugely helpful when you've kind of seen it before. Um, right. and the, you, you kind of already have mental landmarks and things in your head about sort of where the airport's going to be, how it's actually going to look. Um, and it'll actually, sh- it'll superimpose real time traffic over the 3d view of the, um, the airport. I just, those things to me uh, cool. have been, 
it's, it's, it's definitely, you know, beyond what is necessary. I'm sure that my father didn't have <laughs> any need for such things. Right. And when he, in his day, cool, but, um, but I mean, these are, you know, I feel like he would like a lot of this stuff. I think he would appreciate a lot of these tools. And, and, uh, so for me going to unfamiliar airports, especially, or on any long trips where, you know, it, the terrain's going to be different or, or whatever, it just is nice to be able to actually kind of pre-experience uh, the whole flight. And then also it's, it's, it's kind of neat to be able to, you can uh, follow your track logs in the same way and you can pan and turn and look out the side and look down and it's really like you're in the plane. So it's, it's a little bit of whiz bang, but it's definitely, it's definitely a cool thing and, and, and somewhat functional. That's um, cool. Yeah. Um, I'm going to just real quick, talk about a couple of things like just on the main, like the map view, like my favorite things, I'm not going to spend a bunch of time because I've beat, I've beat a couple of these to death, literally to death. I'm going to hide our faces <laughs> for a minute on the stream so we can see the whole, I don't know how many people good. know the bottom, the bottom bar down here on the map screen. I'm sure most people know this is totally customizable. Like the thing where it shows you some stuff here across the bottom strip of the map. If you hold down, if you just touch and hold on it anywhere, it'll bring up a menu and you can pick in each spot what you want to be shown in each of these blocks across the bottom here. My absolute gold gem, like like hidden gem secret favorite thing is the descent to destination. Um, Absolutely feature that I turned on like almost immediately. And then when I have my stuff in here, no matter where I'm going, it always tells me if I started descending right now, how many feet per minute I would have to descend at to get to where I want to be at my destination. That I think is like a super easy cheat. And a lot of our GPSs, you can calculate, you know, vertical nav, like you, you can calculate descent profiles in like our Garmin 430 and 530 and stuff. And it's fine, but it's a lot more twisting of knobs than just like to glance down at your iPad and see it on your, ipad so like that's one of my favorites um yeah but before, um, before you move on from that yeah i just want to say that that is the, the descent to destination is especially having it up in a view where you can see it at all times and as it changes it just sort of takes the ambiguity and the especially again when you're going to new airports and you know it's not some thing where you you, you know some big destination you're just trying to make a hop to get over to some place and you haven't really been there a lot or whatever right um, it's so great to be able to just take all the ambiguity about when to just start, when to start your descent. Um, the only question I had about that feature though is, or maybe it would be a feature request, but I'm assuming that means to get to the ground, uh, the runway, not pattern altitude. What would be really cool is if it was a, a descent to destination to pattern altitude. So I think it does change that if you, um, I think it does modify that if you were like, um, to go into your flight, uh, to your, uh, flight plan and where you go into procedure and then add your traffic pattern, how you're entering the airport. I think when you add it to route, I, I think it does change your descent to destination profile. I'll double check it the next time. Okay. It does change the numbers, but that may also just be because it's changing the distance. So I'm going to fly until I get to the ground. Right. So I need to double check. Yeah. I kind of feel like that's what it is, but it might oh, be, and by the way, you just kind of blew right through that, but that's easily the coolest, one of the coolest four flight things too, that I don't think a lot of people actually use, but being able yeah. to put your procedure in, um, to be in the air and be like, okay, I'm going to go to this airport here. And just, you already know what the best wind is, you know, what the best runway is, you know, the best way to enter the pattern is fantastic. 
Yes. Agreed. It is super, super cool. Hey, here's something else uh, people may not know, especially if you haven't updated uh, to the latest version of ForeFlight. One of the features, as I've watched these forums, oh my God, as I've watched these forums uh, since I've started using ForeFlight, complain, hey, how did we switch sides? Hold on, everyone. There we go. Uh, I've watched these forums complain and complain and complain forever since I've looked at it. Like, um, when you make a flight plan and you put it in four flight and you pick an altitude, it's like that is the altitude for every leg of the thing. It is, there was no convenient way to change your profile view or anything in your thing to show you like different altitudes at a thing. Okay. Finally, in this last release, I've got, if I've got a flight plan here, this is actually a real world one that we flew uh, for father's day with my wife and daughter uh, on the evening of father's day. And we were going to go up from Fairmont, up over Morgantown, out up here around Nemecolon Resort, and then come back. So I was going to do, there's some terrain here. Um, so I was going to come out here at 5,500, and then we were coming back at 45. So you can now go into the profile view on the map screen. And so right now, everything across the board is set at 55, but you can touch on the waypoint that you want to change it. And I want to start at this PA-88 airport at 4,500. And when I say OK, you can see the profile view changes up here now, and I step down a 1,000 feet. So you can change each leg of your route now, the altitude that is in there for that. That's been one so that has cool. been like, it seems like a no-brainer, but I guess, you know, that you just behind the scenes, the thing it takes to actually make that happen was probably a heavier lift than it seems like, you know. But yeah. that's a huge feature, and I'm going to use that a ton. Um, because yeah. there will be times, you know, there are – complicated flights and you know certain places you want to be at certain altitudes and you can now put even vfr flying i'm saying you can you can put that in and kind of build it in and see the profile view which i love to look all the way around along your thing of flight and see um you know see what's going on out there yeah and another thing I guess you have brian in your in your tier that i don't have here's one thing i would like i think you have a clouds option uh, yes. In this profile view, where you can see the ceiling layers, that's a nice yes. one too. I don't have that in the profile view, but that's a very nice option. Yeah, and so I think that the first level of four flight, if I'm not mistaken, you don't have this profile view at all. Is that right? I think that in the the wherever the bare bones version is or the entry level, I'm not sure. I don't think you have that profile view, which is certainly one of the most uh, uh, handy things. Um, so I've got. So, and by the way, I saw that um, Wingman Flight Academy says uh, I reached out to Four Flight to ask them to add the checklists to the web interface so it's easier to make a custom checklist. That's I a great idea. I could not agree more. That's, that's, that's a great fantastic idea. idea. And and the you know be advised if you're already familiar that the web version is woefully um, obtuse. Comp- it's not it's not great uh compared to um what you get with the actual uh iOS uh version which i understand they can't be developing on parallel platforms and make any money so um right it so is very anyway, good but for, I, it does it serves the purpose that i needed to primarily which is flight planning and like um <clears throat> you know um and that kind of stuff and you know and it's all in sync cuz it's all cloud based so you end up with the you know you mess with the plan on your laptop and it's on your ipad and it's on your iphone like it's um you know, I get all that, but it, it's, you're right. The web version, other than for like basic, the flight planning stuff, it's, there's just the features just set just isn't all there. No, but that's okay. I, I totally understand. Um, but that checklist piece is something that shouldn't be 
too crazy for them to do. So I agree. I agree with that. And oh, what was I going to say? Oh, so I have a, on the note of a uh, wingman flight Academy. Now, before we go, we can kind of maybe cycle back to tips and tricks types of things, but I, I love this idea of what is it actually, I learn a lot about something when I figure out where that tool falls short. Strangely enough, it helps you figure out what it is and also what it's not. Um, mm-hmm. But I have a small laundry list. I wouldn't call them grievances, uh, but I have things that I wish that they would change or add. Uh, would you like to hear uh, one of them, Chris? Absolutely. Okay, great. Cause I'm going to say it. So, uh, <laughs> so here it is. I've written this down so I don't forget it. All right. Okay. I want four because four flight already has all of the, especially when it's like, I'm not asking you to do anything crazy new. It's just about how do I look at this information? I want to be able to build a flight plan based on, in the same way that you put in your aircraft profile, right? With your glide ratio and weight and all these limiting characteristics. I want to be able to go in there and say, I'm, a VFR pilot right now. I'm only ever going to be a VFR pilot right now. So uh, I want to I want to be able to say, I don't want to land on any runways, say, that are less than 2,500 feet and they must be asphalt. And that's kind of just always, you know, whatever your minimums are, right? Like I, I will, you know, 5,000 5, uh, feet for clouds, that's my minimum. Uh, my crosswind is, you know, 10 knots minimum, or, you know, you can build a minimums profile, which one would promote safety because it'd force you to really think about what are all of your actual minimums. And then you can activate it in such a way to where it's like, I can go into like a, a planning view that sorts or filters by those minimums. So if I want to go flying one day, I don't have to sit here and peck around and figure out which place is the best place for me to go today. It just shows me the places that are already meeting those Mm -hmm. minimums and that, you know, the wind is already right down the runway or there's no more than a 10 knot crosswind. And I'm not going to show you all the places that you can't go today. I'm going to show you only the places that you can go today. I I like the idea. Oh gosh, here we go. Can I play devil's advocate for a minute? Oh God. You know why I think it's going <laughs> to – and here's why I think where it gets challenging. Okay. And that's just me being cynical and thinking of the way the world works. I don't think <laughs> Boeing is going to want to take on the risk of saying like, I just displayed to Brian Siskin today that like he is safe to fly to this place and then something is not exactly right and it's not. And you end up doing something stupid and then it comes back and says, well, the app told me, you know, like, I think there might be a certain threshold of like risk that they're just not going to be willing to assume in much the same way. Like if you've ever called, if you've got a flight briefing, which I, we've talked about this, like Mm -hmm. you talk to flight briefer, they're very careful with the, how they choose their words that they say to you. Like, like it's super careful. Like, um, they won't tell you what to do or not to do. He'll say like, um, VFR flight, not recommended. Now, I actually took a flight uh, like my very one of the early ones was a condition where he said VFR flight not recommended. And I went anyway. Um, but that's a different story. It was completely well thought out. It wasn't like flippantly. I was just like, screw you. I'm going anyway. It was very well 
plan, but like, um, so I just, I, I mean, it would be cool and you, you're right. Cause the technology is there, right. Cause they already know all these things. It's just a matter of filtering now by these various parameters. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the hesitation wouldn't be like, um, we don't want to put ourselves in a position where it's almost like we've, um, people just rely on that and say, Oh, green light. Like, I'm I'm out and they just like go and then now maybe you're thinking less yeah. about it than you were before. I okay, mean, so I, I get I get the liability concern, but I kind of feel like the totality of for flight you're going to sign by agreeing to the terms and conditions. You are agreeing to sure, but I understand. But I understand that this is sort of uh, you asking the machine. You know, is it okay for me to fly there? Which you're still not doing. It's just that's right. Spare me the spare me the clutter and show me what's actually legit. I mean, because okay. I I could go real far with all that. Like you know, show me where there's not going to be. Show me you know only areas where there's um only airports where there's not any you know I don't know can, where the TAFs have been. I don't know, like you know what I mean. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, for sure. You you can get real crazy with it, but I just it's I feel like there's got to be something. And ultimately, if there's all of that data is open and available, so if anything, if four flights not going to do it, somebody else could do it, right? Um, and just have a have a killer terms and conditions waiver, and I think that that'd be a killer app. Um, that's true. So, uh, so that's all. That's all I'm saying. Oh, if like tell me. <laughs> Like, how can I know for sure that there's a crew car there or not? I don't know. Just, you can't, I know you can't and get now we're getting into it. Yeah. Uh, uh, I actually like, what, have what a question. I have a question that I can answer from Wingman Flight Academy. Sometimes I have looked down at my sectional view on ForeFlight and lost my own ship and have had to scroll around to locate it. Do either of you know a way to always have your own ship in view? Yes, I do. Now, it's not always, but let me show you how you can do that. And, and for those of you listening to this audio podcast, let me tell you <laughs> how you can do it. All right. So in this instance, you can't see my, I mean, my own chip is in the middle of these rings, like over Fairmont. Like here I am. See my little own chip right here. So I'm in the view now, but you're right. It's easy to scroll, you know, to go look at something else and then like be flying and be like, now where am I? If you look on the screen, I can't point an arrow to it, but in the top right hand corner of your fourth light app there's a little round circle it looks like a target looking thing and it's going to light up blue when i click it so i touched it with my finger it's in the upper right hand corner right under where the battery charge percentage is you see how it stayed it stays lit up blue if it's selected and from that moment on your own ship will stay centered in the screen from now on until you drag and move again somewhere else see the blue goes out when you do that to indicate that you're now no longer centered but that is a take me to my own ship and as long as you don't pinch or move the screen again it'll stay centered um forever there on the sectional again that's great yeah that's great and you can do the same things a similar thing for traffic targets oh yeah like if you select a traffic target like uh there won't be very many in my area right now because it is uh (laughs) it is uh (laughs) the weather is not super great like that guy, yes. Yeah, so see, you're right, Brian. There's the tar- there's a target for traffic. To, yeah, you can you can center on those. So, so yes, that's the short answer to that um, because that is annoying. Certainly, when you lose yourself in the. Uh, um, do we have two minutes to talk? I mean, I, I don't know what unless you have something else right now. I was gonna say I Before. don't know if we've talked about like 
I, I got to go. I was privileged enough to go to uh, Oshkosh last year, and I actually went to two different four, four flight um, sessions while I was there um, because I was super interested in it. And a lot of my, some of my YouTube friends, the folks I've worked with um, on various projects, were were actually panelists on one of the talks. Um, so I got to hang out there for a little bit, and they actually showed me something that I didn't know about flight planning. I used to go into the flights section and like start my plan from there and do stuff, you know, like in the flights section. And then when I was ready to fly, send it to the map view. Um, That's not really four flights, like recommended uh, way to do that. They, they believe you should be starting in the map view all the time to build your plans. Um, Cause kind of the idea is like when you're in the map view and you pull down the flight plan um, drop down uh, like the file drawer from the top for flight plan and you just start to build it out by typing, like you put your home airport and your destination airport in, let's say like um, that's how I would normally start. And so it just makes one big straight line. You know, you put those two things in there and it just makes one gigantic straight line to your destination. And then if you want to do other stuff with it, you know, you can kind of, kind of view around here and like click on your line and drag, drag and drop like, you know, um, spots along your route and like how it's going to be and whatever. And while you're still in this screen, you can do all, most of the same functions that you can do from the flight screen, honestly, like pick which airplane, you know, from your list that you're going to fly, um, open the altitude advisor tab so that you can look, um, Mm -hmm. at what like the, you know, the best altitude for flight for this, route would be pick a performance profile for your airplane like all the things that you would be doing in the other with departure. the departure yeah time of departure exactly so you could like pretty much plan here right you kind of get it figured out how it's going to be get all that you can look at your profile view make adjustments to your altitudes and then and then when you're at that point you you can use the button to send it to flights okay so then it puts it in the flights section of your thing where you can do your nav log, your briefing, like fill out some additional information, pack it. Like the idea is it's so much easier to manipulate the f- flight plan graphically on the map and mm-hmm. get it, you know, h- how you want the flight to be and then do the paperwork details later in the flight section. So like that was yep. kind of a change of a change of approach for me. Like when I started planning my flights this way, it just it made it a lot easier. It saved me a bunch of time to do it that way. Well, I got another feature request here uh, based okay. on this. <laughs> I want to be able to have a multi-leg flight and do all that planning from the map view. And then I want to be able to send it to flights and I want it to be able to break apart each leg into its um. own flight. So that then if you want to do a flight plan, you're not having a, you know, cause you now you're doing copies and duplicates and then stuff gets all wacky. I just want to be able to say, break it apart now into the legs that I've created. That's interesting. And, uh, and then, uh, because ultimately if you're flying, you know, like when I flew to the, your place in the Outer Banks, you know, I stopped in whatever, Mount Airy. And so um, I didn't have just one giant flight plan that I was uh, following all the steps along the way at each airport and fuel stop and whatever. It was, I was basically flying from here to there and then the next thing to the next thing. So uh, I would like to be able to have those broken apart for me. Right. That's and maybe I'm missing yeah. something. I mean, some of these things, there might be some way to do it. And I just don't know that that's a thing. Yep. So then, you know, so then you, you execute your flight, right? Um, 
I hope everyone is recording their track logs in ForeFlight. I mean, it's kind of a default thing, but like it can be disabled. But what a huge, like in terms of like, like I'll get, I'll get finished with the flight or whatever, get home, pull the iPad out, and then I'll come over to my logbook section and be like, oh, look, I've got a track log, uh, you know, waiting for me. Um, it's so funny. It's my iPad is so whacked right now. It thinks I just flew four tenths of an hour. Um, log it. just now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. Logable time. <laughs> but like, you know, it's saving track logs. Um, if you haven't seen them, I mean, it's saving track logs from every flight that you take. Um, here's my most recent, uh, a flight in the 150 for those of you watching uh, the YouTube version. You can see a couple, a couple steep turns. Um, but 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 it's so helpful. Like this data is um, this data is so so useful. Um, in addition, not just for um, you know for logging your flight time, but like. Um, you can you can then take this data, and if any of you use Cloud Ahoy, a, a separate service that's online, you can export this this data directly to Cloud Ahoy and like debrief your maneuvers and like score yourself on the on the stuff that you've um, the stuff that you've done, and 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 um, it adds these track logs to your logbook too, which is a really great feature. Like if I go back and look at any entry in my logbook. Um, you know, now not only do I know the time that I put in, but I know exactly what I did. Like I can literally go back to any flight in my entire logbook uh, because I've been using ForeFlight from the beginning. Uh, I can go back to the very early days of my training. Like here's November of 2018 and pull up my entire track log from that flight and have all the details saved in there. It's pretty, pretty incredible. It's so helpful. And also I, I even without necessarily exporting to Cloud Ahoy or whatever, just being able to, you, you can really get some good information out of the, you know, how well did I uh, keep my altitude and, you know, things like that. You can get a lot of how did I do type stuff pretty quick out of those track logs. Super, super helpful. Oh, and right. by the way, I, I'm just going to, I know we're kind of skipping around as a sort of helter skelter, yeah. but back down to this menu at the bottom um, that is so powerful. Um one of the ones that I have on mine always, um, and by the way, I'm surprised the ground speed is always spot on. It's never different than what I'm getting out of like the, uh, you know, whatever the 175 yeah. or whatever it is I'm using. Yeah. But anyway, um, but with the one thing that, that I'm loving, especially when you're in this kind of weird in between places where you're, there's not a lot of people reporting weather right around where you are and you, and you know, if you're on flight following, you know, they're going to give you the altimeter of the, you know, a town that's 45 minutes away or whatever. Um, nearest Barrow. Have you ever used uh, that? No, I have not. So it, it is just going to source and find the nearest reported uh, barometric reading. And it's just right there at all times. So you never have to worry about, uh, if you have the latest, greatest, or, or, and also just, it's a quick way to reference, uh, especially if you're holding altitude, you know, is that changing and to which direction? And I wonder why. So nearest Barrow is, uh, one of my, one of my favorites and, oh yeah, I need to, I wish there was more of these because <laughs> I would love to have height AGL up there all the time too. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm just looking through some of these. How cool, like, um, height MEF, uh, maximum elevation figure changes dynamically as you're as you're 
flying along. Um, that's that's a key one. I love that the, the MEF. I mean, there there are so many things, and, and you know, the other thing is not that I would, you know, and, and if you're if you, you you would never be jumping to your iPad immediately in the event of something weird happening, or but but if you needed to be, like if you found yourself in a place where it's like I really do wish I knew where the nearest what the you know <laughs> what the MEF is here, <laughs> you know, I just would like to know that. You could always at a you know at a moment's notice pull that up and keep it up. You know, uh, you can change this dynamically on the fly. It takes two seconds to make a change down there. So, yeah, I, well, I think the, the the MEF thing is great because your eyes, like when you're flying, you know, you just I want to minimize how much time I'm referencing the sectional or or anything that's me looking inside. And one of the things that I just found annoying was, you know, when you're looking for that on the sectional, you're kind of like, okay, in this quadrant, okay, I think that's probably going to be, you know, uh, but, but where is that quadrant end? And, you know, I don't know. You're kind of right. just having to triple check it in a way and look at it a, a little bit. Uh, whereas when you have that just staring you in the face, I can just glance it. I know exactly. Okay. I'm, as long as I'm above 20, 2200, I'm good. Stinky weasel uh, asks in chat, have you ever exported the data to Google earth um, on the iPad? Uh, it's a cool 3d view of the flight. So I mentioned earlier, the cloud ahoy service, which you, you can do a lot of cool things with, but you can also take these raw track logs um, that are recorded here and you have this export button and you can choose um, open KML in, and then it'll build this KML file and give you a bunch of options of where you can send it to. Um, and some of the, I don't have it on this uh, iPad, but you can send it to Google Earth or you can download it, you know, from your iPad and then upload it to Google Earth later from your computer or whatever. But you can load this data right into Google Earth and simulate it. I mean, it's kind of the 3D flight idea, right? You can kind of use it in Google Maps uh, and, and go on Google Earth and fly the flights that way too after the fact, you know, so your saved track logs. So, um, yeah, that's cool. The data is all there. And I like how easy they make it to... They don't tie you down. They don't save this data and say, you can only use this data in ForeFlight. Like, it's like, here's this open source format, this KML format, you know, feel free to take it out and use it in other, whatever other environments you can, um, you can find to use it in. It's pretty cool. I, I, I really, I, I haven't used Cloud Ahoy since my check ride, but it was super helpful to be able to export that track log, put it into Cloud Ahoy and see exactly what happened on my check ride because you know it, you, you just don't <laughs> you don't really fully trust what your memory was of that went well or that didn't go well and i mean obviously you pass it goes well but you, you really want to just look a little deeper to kind of right kind of know i mean it, you know i had a little bit of a longer landing than perhaps what was uh allowed but um you got about you um, know we got about 10 minutes left, so I'm just going to encourage there's uh, some folks in chat yeah. with us. If you have people. questions, go ahead and go ahead and uh, go ahead and put them in chat here. We'll get to them. If there's specific things you have questions about, or if you want us to show specific things here in ForeFlight and talk about them, we can do that. Otherwise, I'm going to just bust through a couple more of my th things that I like. And, uh, and we'll just keep watching for chats to come in. We were talking about the logbook earlier. So I do use ForeFlight as my as my primary log book. I also do 
I still have a paper log and I still write in them periodically. I'm so far behind now. I mean, months. Oh, dude. Um, Me too. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> and it just keeps getting worse. I know. So at some point, what's going to, I mean, obviously is we're going to abandon it. It's, uh, I mean, at some point, like so many things, it's not going to be, it's not just not going to be relevant. I mean, it's a cool keepsake idea. Frankly, it's not relevant right now. My last, every endorsement I've had, my high performance endorsement stuff, it's all been electronic. I don't have a paper one. I mean, they're all just strictly electronic. So anyway, I do really like the logbook. Um, not just for tracking flights, but I put pictures with a lot of my flights. You know, I track who my passengers were. Um, so I know, I know with every flight what's going on in there. And then, um, the qualifications tab, I think is really cool as well. I'm trying to think what I can show that is not super, um, like private. Yeah, I guess it's fine. So like you can, you put your information in here, but you also put photos of your, um, you know, your certifications and stuff to keep them in here with and all your endorsements too. Like I have my, um, uh, high performance. Is that one of these unknowns is surely not. I don't know what this is, but yes, like you put your endorsement. Yeah. You can put your, uh, put your endorsement. Oh, there's my high performance. So I lied. I do have a high performance on paper. Um, but yeah, so you can um, you can keep track of all that stuff. It does a really good job of keeping your like currency summaries up to date, so you can say, like, "Crap, when did I do my night landings? Oh, I got eighteen yeah. days to get my night landings in again before it's time." Um, that's all very cool. Aircraft, you can break yourself out. Like I know right now, I have one hundred and six hours in three eight five two Lima, and I've got sixty five point two in the Cherokee, and I have two point one in the new one fifty. So you can immediately see your experience history and all the aircraft you aircraft you've flown. It's pretty cool. That's all. And that's all happening dynamically, right? From where you add your flights to the, to your log, it's just pop using that data to populate all those other things. Um, and you can do the actual form, like the 8710 and all that. So, um, yeah. And so it's, it's a really easy way also to get reports to say, how much cross country time do I have? Or, you know, night, landings or you know you can get that information really quick it's pretty it's pretty awesome um yeah i mean you know for me generally it's it's definitely something that i i don't put too much stock in in terms of just for flight i i i love it but i've been challenging myself more and more to sort of (laughs) you know it's plant planning is everything but then when i'm flying i try to it's real easy uh to get kind of nose down and some of that stuff. Uh, so I always just want to remind anybody, you know, just it's, it's easy to start just getting fixated on that and it's an easy way to get down in your instruments and not looking outside, but, um, That's right. but, but I, I, but I love it. It's great. I do think you had a point earlier that I think is worth just emphasizing. And that is this idea, um, you know, you read a lot of it, not everyone in the aviation world has adopted this idea of these electronic flight bag, like these, these iPads in the cockpit, like they're still just like some people were, I mean, I don't know, you know, you, people don't like to change. That's, that's a known. And so there it's frankly, it's generational in a lot of cases. Now I know a lot of generational people beyond in the generation past me who also love their iPads too. So it's not like everyone in that generation, but I'm saying there's still a lot of pushback. That's like, I don't know. They, they just, um, these kids and their toys and like, they just have to have their computers everywhere and their stuff. I'm saying to you, the, and this is what I've said from the beginning of my training and my DPE for my check ride agreed. 
anything, and you said earlier, Brian, anything that keeps you, you want to spend as little time as possible looking at the, for the information that you need to have, because then you can keep your eyes outside and keep flying the plane. So like I'm saying any tool that gives you head like that much, that much like situational awareness information on display all the time. Uh, I don't know how you, I don't know how anyone can argue it. I just don't think there is any valid case to be made against the use of these tools in general aviation planes from the beginning of training. I mean, I mean like from the time you can get in the plane and like understand how to like control the aircraft, I'm saying first five hours. Mm-hmm. maybe you can make a case like get somebody in there with five hours to think about nothing but doing this and let the instructor think about everything else. But I'm saying the sooner we integrate this, this kind of stuff as part of the workflow of people in their training, the better acclimated mm-hmm. they're going to be to manage it. Like you're saying is just one of the tools, you know, to use it properly um, when they're trained with it. I just think, I just don't think there's any in 2022 excuse for it not to be in every airplane uh that's flying that's just my take i agree i agree um now uh what i just want to say about in terms of you're talking about these curmudgeons you know that are just not um not with it i might i mean who knows maybe i'll turn into one of those people one day um i kind of aspire to that um (laughs) and the reason why i mentioned that is because um well so chris uh, in eight days, so by the time we do this again, I will be 50 years old. Wow. So that's the beginning of the end, really. I mean, that's like 50 years old. You take, you look around, you take a snapshot of your life, your family, your friends, whatever. This is as good as it's ever going to be. And then just start packing up, right? That's really. <laughs> so that's. You know, I'm not saying I'm putting all my gear on Craigslist yet, but I'm just saying. No, man, um, the best days are ahead. No, it, it really is. And um, and uh, I'm excited about uh, all the things. I mean, just there's this whole, this whole flying game is so momentum based. And it's interesting to see how this far now past check ride, um, how now it's just, it's really getting good. You know what I mean? Like the anxiety levels just coming down all the time. It's, it's, uh, it's a good thing. Not the beginning of the end. It's the end of the beginning. Okay. Nice. I like like that. And then the guy is nine, 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 which is just, it's, it's, that's the continuum. So great. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, so (laughs) 50 is the new 30, Brian. (laughs) <laughs> so uh this has nothing to do with anything but i just wanted to tell you about it because we didn't get a chance to small talk before we um uh got on today but i had a funny experience flying um yesterday or no day before we were flying to a place about an hour east of here me and my wife and you know we're on flight following and we're kind of going over just over the north border of the Nashville class C on our way east. And so we're on with Nashville approach and it's, you know, it's, I, I appreciate, you know, Katie getting a kick out of this cause she hasn't really seen, you know, it's like, yes, look down there. That's a Southwest jet going underneath us, you know, or whatever. It's just cool. But we, so we were on and obviously you're on with just, 
it's, you know, a couple of Cessnas and a bunch of Southwest jets and United jets. And, um, and for whatever reason, the controller, I told him I wanted, uh, he knew that I was on my way to, uh, this airport Smithville and, and I guess I, I said something about the destination or, or he asked if he asked something about where we were going after we'd already told him. Anyway, he said, um, he's like, he goes, Oh, so you just, uh, are you going out there for the cheap gas? I heard the gas is just really, you know, really, really cheap out there, you know, and, you know, I mean, you know, not that there's really anything cheap these days and he's kind of going on this whole thing. I almost felt like it was like a trap because I was just like, you know, uh, I was like, no, we're just going there, landing, leaving, you know, just trying to get off of the, I, I was imagining all these Southwest jet people, pilots just being like, Oh my God, what is this folksy conversation going on right now? But he kept, but the thing is, is it kept going on and I was not doing Katie even later observed. She was like, you weren't doing anything to spur that conversation. And he would not stop. He was telling you to yeah. do this and you do that and, you know, and, and all this. Those so anyway, the best. I, it really, it, it's, it's, some, it's, especially when you're learning how to do things like flight following or deal with ATC. I wish I could have had an experience like that early on because it just immediately, once they're humanized and the curtain is, the veil is lifted in that way, it just makes, it just takes the tension down that you would have about your own communications so much. They're just people and uh, you know, they've got jokes and they've got conversations they want to have. But I just thought that was a, it was a funny thing because I, I was just giving cool. one word answer. Just like, we'll go. Ha ha. You know, like I'm not trying to talk right now. <laughs> now I want to go find the audio. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Control must awesome. have been a, uh, a private pilot. Uh, maybe yeah. so. Cause he knew he, you know, the way he kind of said it, though, he sort of like, I heard, I heard everybody's going over there for the cheap gas. I don't know. So yeah, it was funny. Well, that's good it's stuff, man. Things. I wasn't getting yelled at. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, I hope to fly some. It's like much like you. We've had it's been hot and crazy, and um, I got to go out a couple times. In the 150 went out on Father's Day. Um, Happy Father's Day! Thank you, thank you. I saw the I saw the picture that your daughter painted for you. That was awesome. Yes, it's wonderful. Uh, I should I shared it on Instagram. If anybody's uh, wants to check it out, she made a like a watercolor of uh, our. Cherokee and uh it's really pretty cool. And uh so that's great. We had a we went out on a Father's Day flight. I'm this is the last story. I need to be careful uh that I violate any okay, so um <laughs> well it's it's funny how you start making decisions like we're talking about, right? So like all three of us in the one seventy two and it's hot. I already I did the performance calculation, so I kinda knew how I was gonna be getting out of Fairmont. We're like on the runway, full power, like and I had laid my Apple pencil up on the dash which I don't ever put stuff up there, but it, it kind of, as we're rolling down the runway, it kind of like went forward. So like I am on the, like on a takeoff roll, rotate, you know, pull back. I'm like with my other hand, my right hand, the throttle hand, I'm like up on the dash, like fishing for this Apple pencil, like while taking off. And uh, Cecilia's like, hey. Uh, and I said, yeah, you're right. Here, hold this. And I like, handed her the pencil and I go back. But I thought, I looked at that later and I thought, you know, what is that? I, I know better than that. To just be <laughs> messing with something, like randomly messing with something else, like a pencil that's loose. What was that? Yeah, well. 
got to pay attention. You got, you, all the time. You, you've got the right co-pilot. Yeah. She's like, Hey, I was like, yeah, you're right here. Hold this. <laughs> it's like, she didn't even have to explain. Just, she just gave you like the, Hey, yeah. Hey, Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, you're right here. Hold this. Oh yeah. man. Anyway, yeah, well, do, do you have any um, future plans or things to uh, announce or anything? Video coming soon. I'm trying to think when will this podcast be published tomorrow? So this, the video will be out Saturday, uh, which is the first, my first flight in a Cessna 150. I went by myself, no instructor. It's the first time I've ever jumped in a new airplane type, not type. I mean, yeah, I guess, I mean, a new, a new model of airplane uh, by myself and uh, had a good time. And I think you'll enjoy that one. Um, and then the week after that, is part two of the um, Outer Banks flying trip. Yeah, looking forward to that. Um, yeah, yeah. I've been. Uh, I've got a bunch of stuff backed up, but um, I just. I, I was happy to go out on Father's Day, a year of anniversary from my first solo, and just do some pattern work and just did a nice sunset flight by myself and just did some landings and uh, I posted a video of that, but it's just. It's nothing special. It's just some landings, but um, I watched it. It was very good. <laughs> it was like two minutes. Of hey, just and I don't know landing. if he's in here. I didn't look in the chat tonight. Did you notice if one doll geek was in here? I, I, I just want to give him a shout out real quick. I don't know if you watched his latest video, Brian. Um, there's another guy that was our flying with us. You can check him out at youtube.com slash the number one dull geek. Um, he started his instrument training. And uh, he published his first video in his series of going to instrument. And it was very well done, I thought. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Good, really good lessons, you know, like um, yeah. voiceover, like explain, like keeping us like what's going on. Like it was, it was, I, I thought it was very well done. Um, yeah. I watched, it was done to the level two. Where, and it was done on a level two where like, even if you had no idea what any of this was, he does a good job of explaining, you know, it's very, without being painful, right? He's just somebody that's not even a, a pilot or aspiring to be a pilot would still find it interesting. So yeah, mm -hmm. it was really good. Um, by the way, also, um, I, I had a, um, a little bit of a back and forth with, um, this very small YouTuber, uh, aviation YouTuber by the name of SoCal flying monkey. And I'm working on trying to getting him to join us and we'll see if he can do it. Um, that'd so that'd be, be great. Cool to have, that'd be cool to have him on. He's, he's just another production geek like the rest of us, you know, it's funny how many production geeks there are. Um, the planes. There are a lot, you know, he, he's one. Um, and we've all kind of done the similar work like uh, Chris, Christopher. Um, I can't remember his last name. He's the uh, Baron pilot. Um, right. he, yep. is, he is an A1, it's an audio engineer, an audio mixer for, um, like NBC. He does golf. He does golf, like the, the Nash, like the big golf uh, events in TV trucks. And I've done so much TV audio. Like it's, it's funny. Um, not at his level. Mine's like regional, like, you know, like, yeah here kind of stuff, not like national stuff, but he's, um, there are a lot of production people I'm finding that are also like in the airplanes. It's kind of cool. So I think it's similar uses of the brain and multitasking and yeah. performing in the moment uh, kind of considerations. But well, yeah, I would love it, to talk to Eric. I, I just think that would be, I love what he's doing on his channel. I just think they're, um, 
he's, he's just really, he's a really good storyteller. Uh, and I think that his, like his family adventures are just awesome. And, uh, I just, he took that plane, that Cherokee six and turned it into like a freaking awesome beast. And, um, they're doing some really cool stuff. Uh, that would be great if he wanted to come on and talk. Cause I, you know, he's another one and he's talked about a lot of stuff on his channel through his kind of like his flying. He's got a lot of lessons to share. Um, Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. And also if anybody has any suggestions or things you'd like us to do or not do, uh, feel free to, um, tell us one way or the other, drop it in the comments here, or, uh, I'll give you Chris's personal cell number. Hold on <laughs> one second. Uh, so, uh, air out your grievances with Chris, Eric code. Uh, no. So, um, uh, but I would like to get, I, I, it'd be cool to get some, some feedback on that. Cause we're just kind of just winging it, uh, and just having fun with whatever we feel like we like to talk about. And so, uh, maybe people have specific ideas. Oh, one other quick shout out. I want to do real quick. And if anybody else has any, they can throw them in the chat, but, uh, a friend of mine, he's in a few videos that I've posted, um, flight kind of videos, uh, a friend of mine, Steve Cross has started training. He's maybe I'm guessing 10 lessons in or 15 lessons in or something. Uh, and he's, uh, another, you know, Nashville photographer, drone guy, musician, uh, uh, media type person. Anyway, another one of us production people. And, um, he just started posting a few videos of his training and it's been it's been really it's probably more interesting for me than than a lot of people just because i mean it's it's uh the same plane i trained in and the same environment and you know it's really interesting to see how somebody else does you know he's doing really really well um uh but his stuff is good i mean and, and he's doing the thing like we did you know where it's like here's my training warts and all he's not trying to dress it up or make it anything it's not so uh right. just look for his channel steve steve cross i was joking with him i said that he needs to have a cool handle you know cross wins or <laughs> oh my god cross please. control or something <laughs> that's legendary uh but but he's a good dude and then um uh another friend of mine uh lucy silvis who's a, a singer songwriter um here she just found out that and she's been you know training really hard to get to her solo and it hasn't quite happened yet. And then she just is having some struggles now with her, uh, cause she's not from America. So now she's having to deal with all that stuff and it's kind of interrupted her training. So, but, um, I've got some videos of her, but, uh, go check out her music, anything, follow her on social media say hi, encourage her. And then I also have another friend, Autumn Roth, who I filmed her discovery flight. She's right on the brink of soloing. And she's just at that point where it's like, I know that it seems like you're doubting if you can ever do this, but that just means that you're right about to make it happen. You know? So, um, uh, I've got a lot of friends that are training right now that I'm trying to, um, I don't know, support in whatever ways I can. Um, but yeah, yep. check out Steve, Steve cross. Awesome. Yeah. ATC communication webinar. What's that about? There you go. And that's a suggestion for a topic. We should oh. uh, talk about HC communication. I have a lead. Well, I don't want to keep name dropping because we don't know if any of these are going to pan out. But there is another very <laughs> famous uh, audio podcast that is done by uh, two uh, air traffic controllers. Yeah. Um, one of them flies helicopters, actually, for the military. And the other is also a pilot. 
but they, I, someone had given me a lead on uh, them. Actually, I know who it was. The Sage um, mm. was trying to hook us up. I would like to run that down. I think that would be a, a great guest for like our audience uh, to talk to a couple of controllers. I think that'd be super cool. Uh, so hopefully we can make that happen. Yeah, um, thanks, Jay Little. That's a good one. Okay, that makes sense now. That's a great. When suggestion. I saw a webinar, I thought I didn't know if you were suggesting that people go. Uh, yeah, but uh, that makes total sense. Yeah, we can talk yeah. about talking. Um, For sure, people get stressed out about it. I get it. It's it's a lot. <laughs> well, that was well, fun. All right. Good yeah, topic. Man. Good choice. That's always a good. That's always a good one to kind of dig into for flight a little bit. There's always something new to learn or whatever EFB you're using. I saw. Uh, uh, some folks mentioned Garmin Pilot earlier. We're happy to talk about that, but I know nothing about it. Uh, but you know, similar similar idea, right? I mean, uh, all the information in one place and uh, displayed differently, and you know, different graphics and menus are different. But yeah, good stuff. Yeah, good times. Um, I don't have any uh, big adventures coming up, but I am going to do a sunset fl- or sorry, a sunrise flight on my fiftieth birthday. So I'm going to get out. When it's dark at four in the morning, and uh, and then I want to see the sun come up on my fiftieth birthday from the sky, and my sister is coming to town I haven't seen in a while, and you know she and I both flew around with my dad as kids, so it'd be the first time that she's ever even been around me as a as a pilot, um, and so uh, I'm going to take my sister up uh, for sunrise, and I'm super excited about that. Roll so, those cameras. Yeah, actually, I thought about it, and you know what? I don't think I am. I think I'm gonna. That's gonna be okay. one of those that's just like, I just want to be here. But um, but maybe I will. We'll see. I appreciate the 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 motivation. <laughs> I'd watch that, but nobody yeah. cares. Nobody cares. So don't worry about nobody it. Nobody cares. I know this is gonna stick with me forever. Now it's gonna be my epitaph, <laughs> which is great, actually, for an epitaph. Um. Well, thank you for, uh, thanks for being here, everybody. That was uh, a lot of fun. We'll do it again in two weeks, figure out what our topic's going to be. Maybe we'll get a guest lined up by then. We'll see, but we'll, uh, we'll keep everyone posted. Thanks for listening and, uh, subscribing and, uh, commenting, reviewing all the things. All right. Appreciate it, man. All right. We'll see you next time.